0: The message today is going to be a little bit different from from my normal type of thing, and um, there's a, a vast host of references that we could read, but I'll try not to. We'll try not to follow them all, so it doesn't it just bore you to tears. Uh, turn over to to Proverbs chapter uh, 14. I was thinking about since this is a holiday weekend. I don't know if any of you are aware of that, but. Uh, Friday was some odd little holiday they call April Fool's day so I thought what better time to talk about the fools in the Bible now as we go through this um, what we really want to talk about it's this this has been such a fascinating um, study for me' over the past several weeks um, I, I've always just just been in awe of the Word of God anyway uh, the way it is but as I begin to study a civil word like fool, there's so many of them. I know that sounds funny, but there's so many different degrees of fool in the Bible. Um, when you start, in, and I'm not, a big, I'm not a big Hebrew and Greek type, type studier, you can get really, really confused in a lot of that. Um, but as I begin to look at even the, the root words and, and all of these things from the different languages, there's all of these different degrees of fools. In Scripture. Um, in uh, Proverbs 14 24, j- just to have a verse to, to kick it off with, it says, The crown of the wise is their riches, but the foolishness of fools is folly. We want to talk about the foolishness of fools this morning. Now, let me make some disclaimers up front. As I begin to talk about fools, you may be tempted to think about your family members your spouses, perhaps people in government. But as easy as that will be to do, I suggest that we think about that reflection in the mirror and see if at any times we would reflect these, these attitudes and these actions of these people that God in His Word calls fools. I'll tell you up front too, the Bible is very blatant. It says what it says, and a lot of times, if you really look at what it says, it can easily offend you. So there may be some of that as we go through this. So let's consider the first fool. Uh, look at, uh, at 1 uh, Samuel uh, 13, just to show you in one place where it's, uh, where it's used at. Uh, in 1 Samuel 13, we're, <clears throat> we're going to look at, uh, at King Saul. King Saul. Now this first fool, and I'm gonna, I'm not I'm gonna spare you trying to pronounce uh, the the Hebrew or the Greek because I'm just gonna, I'll just butcher it anyway. But the Hebrew word for this particular fool, and we're gonna find out when I told you about how specific this is gonna be. I, I don't want to make it too tedious, but I want you to understand how specific when God, when God moved men to write His Word, He wanted them to write it correctly, and and He wanted them to mean what He wanted them to mean. We're going to find even in here that the word fool may be used two or two or three times in one verse but each time it's used it's actually a different fool. He's very specific about when he when he's very specific about his word. He's very specific about he wants what he what he wants it to say. And this first fool the Hebrew word here is silly. This is a silly fool. This is somebody who just does silliness who's it's not even really worth our time to acknowledge. That's just silly. And you've known there's been times in your life, if you admit it, we've done things that are just silly. And what 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 Saul is going to do is Saul is going to he's going to make an offering to God, not for God's benefit, but for Saul's benefit because he wants to he wants to impress the people. <clears throat> and and he's going to say here, uh, let's go. Um, this is first Samuel thirteen, about about verse ten. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of the offering, the burnt offering, behold, Samuel, that's the prophet, came, and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? He's made this offering only to impress the folks that are looking around. It had nothing to do with his, his worship to God or his obedience to God. What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at mitchmatch, therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. He sounds all holy and righteous, doesn't he? I forced myself to do it. Ever forced yourself to come to church? You ever thought about it? And verse 13, and Samuel said to Saul, that's just silly. That's what he's telling Saul. Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord, thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. It's over, Saul. This silly little action, which is what the Hebrew says it is, is what God wants us to understand. This silly little action of offering this offering of Forcing yourself to offer an offering to God, it was a silly thing. Saul, you're a fool. You're a fool, and God said you're a fool. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Turn over to uh, Proverbs. We'll get a a bulk of these out of Proverbs, and we're gonna just we're just gonna pick one place. Um, I did bring um, just in case anybody wants to look at this a little bit a little bit more. I brought about five or six copies of some of this some of this stuff. If you want to look at some of these references, because there's a lot of them. So that was our silly fool, right? We've all been one, if we admit it. We've all done some silly things. Uh, In Proverbs 26, we're going to look at this next fool. This is probably the most popular, especially in the book of Proverbs. Most of the time when you come across the word fool, it's talking about this guy. This guy is stupid, okay? That's what this word means, this Hebrew word... In the Word of God, that's how plain God is. He had a fool that was silly, and this fool is nothing but stupid. He's just stupid. There's no, there's no other way of working around it. He's just stupid. So look at Proverbs 26. And uh, we'll just read a few verses of this. Uh, just, just to give you a gist of, what, of what's going on. The stupid fool. as snow in summer... Okay, now... I know I'm in Virginia, and your snow likes to hang around a little while, but snow doesn't come in summer, right? It just doesn't happen. And as rain and harvest. You know, there's a time, God has set up these seasons, there's a time when he waters the earth. He waters the earth for a very specific purpose, to bring forth the harvest. And when it's time for harvest, he shuts the rain off. If you'll watch the seasons, you'll see this. It doesn't happen, Okay? I mean, there's the occasional shower. We understand that for those, for those scoffers. But there's no rain in harvest. As snow in summer and as rain in harvest, so honor is not seemly for a fool, for this stupid person. I know that seems like an offensive word. You know, we've, we've, taken, we've taken our language and we've taken the definitions of words and we've made them all kinds of stuff. But God said, "This person's stupid, and this person, this stupid person, is not getting any honor. This fool is not getting any honor." Let's get another one. Okay, oh, th- this is interesting. This is the—you um, ever notice how balanced the Bible is? It gives you—you'll never get into a situation in life where you can't go to the Word of God and, and figure out what to do. It's never going to happen. So imagine you're in school, or at work, or at the office, or at Walmart, or wherever it is you're at, and somebody comes up to you. Because maybe they know you go over to Mount Olive Church and they want to they bash you about something. Well, look at verse 4 and 5. A stupid person is coming up to you. That's what the Bible says this person is. Let's keep that in mind. That's what this word means. It says, answer not a fool according to his folly, lest thou also be like unto him. So you got a situation. This person comes up. Don't give him the time of day. You're just going to end up looking just like him. But sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes you can't allow him to do that. You can't leave him on higher ground. Or you can't leave him thinking he's got the upper hand on God. Because we are, we have been told to be ready to answer. So the Bible gives provision for that as well. Answer a fool according to his folly. According to his folly lest he be wise in his own conceit. See the balance there? That's where it becomes up to us to to discern, you know, the the situation. Well, which fool is this I'm dealing with? Is this the fool that I need to answer him or that I don't need to answer him? Uh, The best way to do that, the best measuring stick for any of that is, will this action that I'm about to take, will this discussion I'm about to get in, will this debate, whatever it is, will it glorify God? Well, whatever I'm about to do with this fool, will it glorify God, or is it just going to undermine everything I've tried to do? And if the answer is yes, then by all means, answer him according to his folly. And if the answer is no, walk away. It's just that simple. Let's see if there's another one we want to get. Oh, here's the here's, thing. I told you, Scripture's rough. Look at, look at verse 11. I don't know if you have dogs at home. Dogs are nasty. If you're a dog lover, I'm about to tell you something. I tell my my wife this all the time. There is not one positive scripture anywhere in the Bible concerning dogs. You ever thought about it? I'm just saying. Not one. There's not one positive verse anywhere when it comes to dogs. Not one. Cats aren't even in there, so... So, do what you want with that, but... Dogs aren't positive in Scripture. Look at this dog in verse 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit. That's rough stuff. You ever? See? I'm sure you've seen that if you own a dog. That's the nastiest thing. goes right back to it. Well, what's this stupid fool doing? This is Scripture. So a fool returneth to his folly just over and over and over again. He tries to do something, you know, you see some, somebody trying to do some silly thing and he falls and hits his head and he jumps right back up and tries to do it again and falls and over and over again. A fool just returns to his folly. Here again, you know, let's be careful. We're not thinking about family members. We're not thinking about the government. Thinking about us. Do we do this kind of stuff? Do we resemble that every once in a while? Do we just keep trying to do this same silly stuff over and over again? Okay. This next fool, it's, it's interesting to, uh, that this word... So we've had the silly fool, we've had the stupid fool. And now we're going to have the, uh, the perverse or the twisted fool. He's just got everything out of whack. He just, he just doesn't know. Um, it's funny, the Hebrew word for this is pronounced evil. Don't take that too far. It's just kind of an interesting, you know, it's just kind of fun fact that the Hebrew word is evil for this particular fool, the twisted fool. Look at the, look at Proverbs 1. You can, get, you can get most of these out of here. And they'll, and they'll notice we're still in the book of Proverbs, and we have another fool in consideration, but it's a different fool. Uh, it's a different Hebrew. It means completely something completely different. Uh, I will say this because when you're studying the Word of God, you don't need the Greek and you don't need the Hebrew. God has so moved and He's so, he's so orchestrated it that His Word. Is complete like it is. You can sit down and you can read your King James and you can get all you need to get out of it by letting verses interpret verses. For people like me who like to go a little bit deeper, there's still the Hebrew and the Greek if you really want to get in there and look at some of that stuff. But if you look through this and you see the word fool, you know what a fool is. It's just interesting to see what kind of leveling degrees we have of them. Now in uh, Proverbs chapter 1, And by the way, we can resemble all of these fools, I hope, except for maybe one, which we'll get to that one in a minute. In Proverbs chapter 1, look at verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you fear God, you're on the right path, right? If you've got a fear of God, you're headed in the right direction. But what about this twisted fool? But fools despise wisdom and instruction. You ever come across this person? Have you yourself been this person? Has there ever been a time when somebody's trying to give you some wisdom and some instruction of something they know more than you do? Maybe an uh, older person telling a younger person, look, I've been there. I know this is not going to be the way. Do we resemble that? Do we sometimes refuse wisdom and instruction? God said if we do, we're a fool. We're a fool. Keep in mind there's help for us. But sometimes we can resemble this. Sometimes we can look like this person. Let me get a couple more references of that one. Look at look at this. Now, this, is the, this is the twisted fool. He's got everything backwards. He, he's not sure. He doesn't know which hand's right, which one's left. Look at the look at Proverbs 12. And this is us at some point in our lives, if we're honest, we're all here. At some point in our lives. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Isn't that interesting? But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Okay, I said not to, I said, you know, try not to think about the government, but let's talk about them for a minute anyway. Let's take our government. Um, there's been several times in our president administration, and by the way, if you go back through history, and you look at the people that you would deem as our best leaders. I talked about the faith of our fathers recently and about our founding fathers and, and all that the country was built on. Not what it's become, but what it's been built on. And if you go back through history and you say that guy was a great leader or that guy was a great leader. He, he, just, he just was able to lead the people. Every single time, you'll see that person, person getting instruction from other people. Every single time. And our present administration, our current president, has several times in his administration refused the counsel of his generals, of of the people that are around him who know what they're talking about, and he's just gone out and made his own decisions. I know what's best. I know how to do this. He's refused the counsel from his own financial advisors about the budget, uh, from medical doctors about the health care. But Scripture says... This is not me. He'll have to take it up with a higher power. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. In another place, we read, "There is a way that seemeth right." You ever heard about? Heard that? There's a way that seemeth right to man. We've all been there, and I've talked about it a million times. Think Think about the Titanic. It seemed right. The Titanic seemed right. They spent all this money. They had everything they had. The, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. They built this ship and they said it can't be sunk. Where is it at? It's at the bottom of the ocean. We've got to hearken unto counsel. We've got to. Nobody is ever in a position in life where you've learned it all, where you don't need to hear from somebody else. There are things I don't know. There are things I don't know, so I ask people who've been there. How is it to be this? How is it to be this? We have to look for that counsel. Otherwise, Scripture says we're a fool. Okay, here's a very interesting one. We've had the silly fool, the stupid fool, the twisted fool. Now, the interesting thing about this word, this, this is where you can get really, really complicated when you're studying the Hebrew and the Greek. I don't speak Hebrew and Greek, so I have to rely on somebody who claims they do. And when you do that, of course, you, there's, there's a big risk in that. What if they're lying to you? But when you're studying this stuff, the, the Hebrew and the Greek, were, you know, we're, we, we hear a lot about the Greek being complicated, but even the Hebrew is very complicated. Um, the silly fool that we talked about, that Hebrew word is spelled exactly like the Hebrew word we're fixing to look at. It's spelled exactly. But when you look at the spelling of it, the the silly fool... Has, the, uh, has this accent above two letters. But in the fool we're about to look at, the accent's only above one letter. You see the point? You see how, see how different you can get here when, when you're studying this stuff? This fool is the soddish fool. That just simply means he's drunk. This is a drunken fool. You know, the stammering around, not knowing their direction, not having any balance in life. I hope nobody's been there physically. But sometimes we appear that way. Sometimes we don't appear to have any balance. Sometimes we appear to lean one way and then lean the other. This is the Sottish Fool. Look at Ecclesiastes. We'll get a reference here. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And this is the same fool... It's the same word, basically, from the other. So this is a silly fool, but now this silly fool is drunken. He's soddish. And if you look up, at, if you look at the word, uh, the word soddish comes up a lot in these references. <clears throat> but in Hebrews eleven, uh, Hebrews, uh, uh, Ecclesiastes eleven. I'm sorry, eleven four. Uh, make that t- ten fourteen. Where am I at? Ecclesiastes ten fourteen. A fool also is full of words. This is this guy, this soddish, this soddish drunken fool. A fool also is full of words. A man cannot tell what shall be or what shall be after him. Who can tell him? Full of words. Let's think about that a moment. <clears throat> Who can tell? And he asked, A man cannot tell what shall be and what shall be after him. Who can tell him? What it's saying is You ever make plans? Well, we all do. We we all make plans. But I think most of us are wise enough now that when we make plans, we understand that, well, they're, they're tentative on, on things. In other words, it may not happen. Uh, you know, we plan to drive up here to Virginia, but that's a six-hour trip, and a lot of things can happen between here and there. So most of us, if we say something about going to church or, or, or what have you, we'll say, Lord willing, right? The fool doesn't do that. The fool doesn't do that. He's full of words. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to go here, I'm going to do this. Maybe he's got his whole life mapped out. And there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with having goals in life and, and having things that you want to get to. But this guy, he's he's dead set, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. He's full of words, but he doesn't consider that life is all about change. Like every event from one moment to the next changes. And when we when we make plans, We have to understand God is in control. God is in absolute control, not us. We're really not in control of anything. Oh, sure, we we get in our car and we hold on to the steering wheel and we hope for the best. And you might be in control of your vehicle, but who's in control of the vehicle next to you? right? Who's in control of the weather? Who's in control of all of those other things? So we can't be full of words. We have to say... I plan on traveling here, Lord willing. If God be my helper, I plan on doing this. I do plan on doing that. It's not about being self-confident. It's about being God-confident. That, that's how we should be. When we, when we resemble anything else, God says we're fools. Right? Okay, let's move on. This next guy, um, this, this fool is the easily seducible fool. Right? This is the one that you can trick into doing anything. You can convince them to do stuff, you know. Maybe when we were kids there was always that one in the crowd that we could convince to do everything. You know. He'd eat anything we gave him. Hey, eat this. You know. What is it? I don't know. We found it over here. It's been there for days. Eat it. Let's see what it is. Or the one that you convince to jump off the house with an umbrella, that kind of thing. This is the easily seducible fool. He does this kind of stuff. Over in Proverbs nine, it uses the word fool, but I want to get one. I want to get one in Proverbs twenty-two. Um, the word fool is not used, but it gives you an understanding. It's the same. It's the same Hebrew word. Look at Proverbs twenty-two, and I'm, I'm about to ruin a song for you. Um, if you're if you're an Elvis fan, or if you're a um, um, who did it first, Sinatra maybe. <clears throat> in Proverbs twenty-two, verse three. It says, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. Okay, he's he's aware of the situation. But the simple, and that's the word we're looking at. That word means an easily seducible fool. But the fool, the simple, pass on and are punished. You remember the song, um, Wise Men Say, Only Fools Rush In?, Remember that song? I think the song's called My Way. Now, already what we've talked about, that sounds foolish anyway, right? There's a way that seemeth right, my way. Wise men say only fools rush in, but I, and then he goes on to correct all of that. He's correcting the word of God. Where do you think that came from? Fools do rush in. They do. There was some movie I watched years ago, and I'll, I'm glad I can't remember the name of it because I wouldn't, wouldn't suggest it anyway. I don't think it was fit to watch. But uh, the father's driving down the road. I think the family's on vacation maybe. And he's driving down the road, and he goes on some, some deserted highway somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, and, and the family's telling him the road's closed. This road's closed. This road's closed because they keep seeing all these signs. This road's closed. You shouldn't go down here. This road's closed. And the dad finally at the end, here again... A prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So the guy, he's tearing down the road in their station wagon, and he says, no, no, this road's not closed. When it's closed, they put up big signs like that one. And about the time he sees it, then he crashes through it and crashes the car, you know. But are we ever like that? Do we ever not see it coming? You ever thought about it? We just don't see it coming. We just press on. You know, and, and I, think, I think I know in life that God gives, I know He gives His people warning signs. Don't do this. This isn't the way to go. I know He did it with His people in the, in the Scripture. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's like when you're a little kid and you're told, don't touch the hot stove. And what do you end up doing? You touch the hot stove. You had every warning. Every sign was, was there. In fact, you could feel the heat coming off the thing the closer you got. Well, it feels hot from here, but it'll get immediately cold when I get to it, right? We gotta see this stuff coming. We gotta see it coming. We can't just barrel into something in life. Uh, that's 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 in every age. But you know, especially you young people, you know, you you gotta see all of this stuff coming. Let's see. Let me see if I can come up with an example without offending you. Um, think about it. Think about your career choice. Now I know we we all want to grow up and do things that we like to do. But if you like to jump off of bridges with one of those cords. Tied to your feet? The the bungee jumping? Well, that may not be a good career choice because where are you gonna get work? You see the point? But we barrel into these things. That's what I'm gonna do when I grow up. I'm gonna jump off bridges. I'm gonna be a bungee jumper. Well, are you gonna be able to support a family doing that? We need to we need to see it coming, don't we? We We need to be wise in that way. Because keep in mind, all of these fools we're talking about, there's always the opposite. We need to be the opposite. We need to be that that oddball that sticks out. The one that says, no, I'm not going to do this because I foresee the danger of it. While all your friends are saying, no, let's go. You know, It's okay to drive a car at 90 miles an hour. What could possibly go wrong? You know what could go wrong. We need to see it coming. We don't need to be fools. We don't need to be fools. Okay, we're going to have some fun with this next one. Let's go over into the New Testament. Uh, Look at Matthew 7. This is one of my favorite fools of the Bible, if, if that's even if that's even correct to say. I like it because um, I like to insert the word that it comes from when I'm reading this, because it gives you a whole different a different thought when you. Now, this is your Savior and Lord, right? This is Jesus speaking, and the word he's going to use for fool is the word, is the Greek word for moron. So let's have a little fun and let's just plug that in because now think about it when he's talking to these people he's talking in the language they completely understand. When he calls them what he calls them they know it. He's, he's telling a story here in Matthew chapter 7 about the man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on sand. Right? Let's start about verse 24. Uh, Matthew 7, 24. Therefore... Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto him, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. When we put when we build our houses, our families, our relationships, our businesses, whatever it is, On God and His Word, on the person of Christ, that's a rock. That is a rock. And it will weather any storm that comes in this life. It will weather the economy, it'll weather corrupt government, it'll weather gas prices, it'll weather all of that. But then we got the flip side. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, is verse 26. Look at this person, by the way. This person hears the sayings. Did you catch that? And by the way, it's not that he didn't get to hear them. Go back and you think about natural man. Natural man can't hear these words. So this is talking about us. This is talking about you. This is talking about me. If you hear these words and doeth them not, and every, verse 26, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a moron. How about that? That's rough, isn't it? Jesus Christ, our Savior, said, if you hear these words and doeth them not, you are a moron. That's the word he's using. That's plain. Which built his house upon the sand, and what's going to happen? The rain descends, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Keep in mind, in in this lesson he's teaching, the storms came on both houses. He didn't say the storms wouldn't come, did he? But he said the wise man can weather the storm, but the moron can't. Right? Let's let's look at a few more of these. I'm having fun with that one. Look at um, I mean, this gives you a whole different a whole different concept, a whole different uh, whole different way of looking at looking at Christ here. In Matthew twenty three. He starts, he starts railing on the scribes and the Pharisees in Matthew 23 just over and over again. Woe unto you, scribes and phar- Pharisees, you hypocrites, over and over and over and over again for verse after verse after verse. Let's see. Matthew 23, about verse 16. Woe unto you, blind guides, which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye morons. That's what He's saying. That's what Jesus Christ is calling these people. You morons, you fools, and blind, for whether it is greater the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing, but whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Here he goes again. You morons and blind, for whether it is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all things thereon. Let's see if we want to get another one. Oh, let's get one more. Over in, over in 1 Corinthians. Like I said, there's so many references we can go to. And I don't want to bog you down with them, and you don't have to necessarily try and chase me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 4. I think that's what I want. Oh, yeah, this is a very good one. Okay, so children of God are here, and when we look at people who are wallowing out there in the world, right? We see them as fools. And we're going to look at some of that some of that a little bit more. But you know what they see when they look at us? They see the same thing. And Paul is going to say here in 1 Corinthians um, 4, that's okay. That's okay. In fact, if you're living the way you should live, somebody should think you're a moron. You ever thought about it? If you're living the way you should be living, there should be a coworker or a friend at school or somebody you interact with who should think, look at this fool. They should be thinking that about you. Look at Paul. Look at what he says here. In uh, 1 Corinthians 4.10, we are morons. <laughs> See that? We are fools for Christ's sake. But ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. When you live the way you're supposed to live, obviously he's not saying they're morons to them. He's saying that we look like morons to the world. By the way, where are they at? They're probably out fishing or hanging out the house or whatever it is. And they think we're absolute fools because we came here. We got up this morning... Got dressed, some of you got up real early, maybe, and you came here. That's crazy to the world. That's absolutely crazy. Okay, let's move on. Um, <clears throat> so we had the silly, the silly fool, the stupid fool, the twisted fool, the drunken fool, the easily seducible fool, the moronic fool. And now we're going to have the egotistical fool. That's the fool that's all about me. We'll get one reference here in Luke 12. Look at this guy. In Luke 12, we're going to look at a guy who, um, he's got all kinds of stuff. By the way, the more stuff you get, this is just our nature. The more stuff you get, the more stuff you want. You ever thought about it? I've got stuff, but it would be cool if I had more stuff. The more you get, the more you want. The Bible says the lover of silver is never satisfied with silver. You ever thought about it? You know, those people who are extremely rich, you know what they're trying to get right now? More riches. You know, uh, these people have two and three billion dollars in the bank. They're not happy with that. They're not happy with it. And look at this guy. And the Bible calls those people fools, egotistical fools. It's all about self, right? In Luke 12, there's this guy, let's see, it's, um, let's start about verse 16, Luke 12:16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. Here again, he was blessed by God because the, gra- the ground brought forth his harvest. And he thought within himself, saying, within himself, here he goes, egotistical, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. In other words, he's already got, he's already got plenty. He's already got plenty stored up. And the harvest is still coming. he's got plenty more. He could call his neighbor and say, "Hey, I got plenty. you want some of this, but he doesn't do that, does he?" And he said, "This will I do." Look at this look at this look at this attitude. This just blows me away. And he said, "This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. First of all, if you've got a perfectly good barn, why are you tearing it down?" He's going to tear down the barns he's got so he can build even bigger ones. Why don't you just build another barn beside it? See, this guy's a fool. He's, 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 come, he's not even thinking, I'm going to tear this barn down because it's way too small, and I'm going to build an even bigger one to put even more stuff in. And I will say to my soul, soul? Now he's talking to himself. You catch this? I guess if you do that, maybe we already be, you ought already be thinking about that. If you're talking to yourself, we all do it. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But all that's about to change. Remember that fool that makes plans and he doesn't see it coming? This fool didn't see it coming. He didn't see it coming. But God said unto him, thou fool. You had all that you needed. And he tore down those barns. Look at all the time you spent, all, all the time you wasted. You had plenty. You tore it down to make more. But thou fool, said unto him, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's a fool. That's a fool that does that. And by the way, the word soul there means life, by the way. You don't have to to put anything into that that's that's more than it is. In fact, in most places in Scripture, the word soul means life. God's saying, guess what? You're going to die tonight. And you spend all of that time hoarding, which is what he was doing. You spend all that time hoarding goods. And guess where the goods go when you die? They stay here. (coughs) Look at all that time you waste. Do we ever do that? Do we hoard? I think we do. I'm a, big, I'm, a big, I'm a big Superman fan. I've got quite a collection that I'm hoarding of Superman stuff. I can easily be seduced. I can be that easily seducible fool because if you stamp Superman on the side of a lunchbox, i got to have it. I have a bouncing ball that just has Superman stamped on the side of it. I hoard that stuff. And if we're honest with ourselves, we do it. We do it. We hoard stuff. And we can, hoard. we can hoard the material, and we can hoard the immaterial, because we hoard time. Do we not? This is my time. I've got to have my time. There's nothing wrong with, you know, I'm not taking away from those little moments when you, have to, when you like to sit down and just relax and, and have no thoughts whatsoever. But we hoard everything. And it all belongs to God, right? It all belongs to Him. Let's give it to Him. Let's give Him the glory, We'll find rest for our souls if we, if we follow him, right? If we take up, our, take up his yoke. We'll find the rest. Let's not be fools. Okay. Let's, let's, let's keep going. Let's go, let's, go, um, let's go to the simple fool. There's also the beside your mind fool, but we, we won't go to the reference. It's in Second Corinthians. Uh, Paul's over there asking a bunch of questions, and he says, Are they ministers of Christ? And he says, I speak as a fool. That particular fool is the fool that's outside of his mind. In other words, he's crazy. That's the crazy fool. Uh, we'll skip down to the uh, the simple fool. This is a very good reference. Look at Romans chapter one. And again, you f- find I find this interesting that even in the even in the the chapter of Romans, there are several fools mentioned, and there are several different ones. But if you look in Romans chapter one, this is the simpleton. This is the simpleton fool. This is the guy who thinks he's a whole lot more than he is. Anybody have that problem? Anybody think they're more than they are? I talked about, uh, I talked about uh, being a good soldier once, and one of the key points of a soldier is recognizing uh, authority and knowing your rank. When, when you're in the army or when you're in the military, it's important to know your rank, and it's important to know the other person's rank too. You may have, need to salute them when they walk up. But it's important to know who you are as an individual, as a, as a soldier. Uh, God talks about us being chosen soldiers. It's important to know your rank. It's important to know who you are, that we're nothing and God's everything. That's a good attitude to have. That's not a degrading attitude, if some think it is. God is everything. He's everything. But these folks, and I may have to go back to Psalms 104. Brother, Brother Richard is, has, has, is tugging on me. I'm going to try not to go back over there because we don't have the time. But it says there in, uh, in Romans 1.20, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. But it says, because that when they knew God, now these people know God. Isn't that interesting? But it said, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And verse 22, what we're after, professing themselves to be wise, to be up there, they became fools. Oh, still something from Brother Dolph's playbook He did a message once entitled The way up is down Scripture says you know, Scripture seems backwards to us as If we think about worldly things It says humble yourself And you'll be exalted But the world wants to exalt itself To get exalted And the way, what ends up happening to those that exalt themselves They become fools They become simpletons Okay Now let's get to the king this is the king of all fools. And since we're here in Romans chapter 1, we can, we can prove that for you. And Psalms 14, you can jot this down. In Psalms 14.1 and in Psalm 53 one, they they're both the exact same. Either one you want to go to. God said it twice because it was important. This is the depraved fool. No child of God should ever resemble this fool. Because this fool is depraved. They've never been born again. They have no spiritual anything. This is all na- nature. That's all they've got. In Psalms 14 and in Psalms 53, it says, The fool had said in his heart, There is no God. Oh, a child of God never gets to that point. And some do. Some have. Some have had things happen so traumatic in their lives that they just could not, they could not emotionally, they could not mentally deal with it. I've met them, I've met them, and they've been in a rough shape. But they should never get to it this far. God help them if they do, and we should help them if they do. Because this fool has said there is no God. There is no God. Can you imagine that? Now why is that person a fool? Why does God pronounce that person a fool? Because he said here, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. And he read over there in Psalms 104, and I'm not going to go there. I really want to, but I'm not. But when he's reading all of that stuff in Psalms 104, when he talks about the mountains were actually covered in water, that is a scientific fact. That is a scientific fact. They have proven by science that this planet was covered in water. It's a scientific fact. And all of those things that he read, over half of them were all, have all been proven by science. That is a scientific fact the evolution that is when a cat becomes a dog that type of evolution we were taught when I was growing up in school that there was adaption of species where you would adapt let's just say you moved to Alaska you would adapt to that climate right but one species doesn't turn into another species and there is no science for it whatsoever there is none there is none There is overwhelming science that proves all of the science parts in this book. It's there. It's right outside this window. We can go outside and we can see the specific design of things. Things have a specific design. When a pine tree reproduces, it produces another pine tree. It's specific. It's exact. Dogs produce dogs. Cats produce cats, just like Genesis says they're going to do. Their seed is in their self, and they produce after their kind, after their kind, after their kind. The invisible things of God are clearly seen. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. But this fool looks at all of that and says there is no God. Unbelievable. Now, we understand that the natural man can't just jump over to the spiritual. We understand that. But God has so designed everything... That even in their natural state, they have to confess there's something else. They can't call it God. They can't reach the spiritual from the natural. We're told that. We're even told in Hebrews that the things which are made were made by something that doesn't appear. You can't study a tree and get back to God. Okay? As far as the natural man is concerned. But God has put so much in his creation that it is screaming his name and only a fool only a fool would say there is no God he can say I don't believe in one but to make the statement that one doesn't exist is only a statement of a fool and I pray we never get there Okay, let's move on Um, we may just run through these because we're eating up our time um, you may want to take a look. Well, let's look at Proverbs 17. I'll give you, I'll give you this real quick. Uh, because I do want to give you an example since i made it. In Proverbs 17, you don't have to chase me on this. This is two fools in the same verse. I, I just wanted to show you this. In Proverbs 17, 21, He that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow. Okay? And the father of a fool hath no joy. This is one verse... Written by the same guy, but it's two different fools in question. That's so why I want to show you how specific scripture is. It's very specific. The first fool in Proverbs uh, seventeen twenty one is the stupid fool. He that begetteth a stupid fool doeth it to his sorrow. Somebody has a kid, and that kid's just not too bright. <laughs> I'll try to be nice about it. They don't have any sorrow. But the father of a, and this is the last one we just discussed, the father of a depraved fool hath no joy. Can you imagine that? Having a child that professes there is no God. Can you imagine? He has no joy. That person has no joy in his life. Just to show you that. We won't won't go to this, but let let me give you this real quick. Because there's so much more about the fools. When fools get together, they even go to another level. When, when, you know, when you're by yourself, you know, you can do some damage. But if you get around a whole bunch of other fools, then you got all kinds of things going on. Uh, in, uh, in Psalm 73, we're told about the boasting fool, okay? Um, well, I'm going to have to turn there, but just, just bear with me. This is the, um, this is the place um, um, where the psalmist says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are a clean heart. But as for me, my steps were almost gone. For my steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish. This is the boasting fool. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. How many of us have been there? Let me give you a guarantee in life. The wicked are going to prosper. They're going to prosper. We're living in their backyard. You need to to understand that. When you when you when the Bible talks about the world, you know what it's talking about. You're living in the wicked's playground. Th- this is theirs, okay? They've taken it. It was corrupted from the first time Adam disobeyed God, and it's corrupt. And the wicked are having a field day here. When Jesus goes over and takes and shows um, when the, the, the devil shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, they're all his. He's showing him all of these kingdoms that, that are all He is, and he tells Jesus he can have them. We are of God," the scripture says, "And the whole world lieth in wickedness." That's a true statement. The wicked are going to prosper. God help us when we look at the wicked prospering, and we say, "So what's our point? What's, what's the point of us? What's the point of us keep, keeping going? And that's the boasting fool. And that's a very interesting word because most of the time in the Old Testament, this word that's the boasting fool is the same word used for praise. Now think about that. He that glorieth, let him glory in what? Let him glory in the Lord. If this, if this word is used to be praising God, it's praise. But soon as it praises man or man's accomplishments... It becomes the boasting fool in the Hebrew language because we can boast in a lot of things, but we don't need to be the boasting fool. We need to glory in our God. Now, here's a good point because the next fool is the brutish cow fool. Think about a cow, think about what a cow does. Who wants to be a cow fool? Nobody does. Nobody wants to be a cow fool, a lumbering oxen, whatever you want to call it. But that's exactly what happens if we're envious of the boasting fool. In the very same chapter, the psalmist said, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And down in verse 22... He says, Well, let's get verse 21. Thus, my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my reins. I'm looking at the foolish. I'm looking at the foolish and the prosperity of the wicked, and I'm envious of them. I want it. I want what they've got. I want, you know, the 10 cars and the big houses and all the stuff they've got. And he said, my, I was almost gone. I was almost overwhelmed at that envy. But what happened to him? He went into the house of the Lord. He went around God's people, and he came back to himself and realized what we should be. We shouldn't envy them. But in verse 22, he says, So foolish was I, and ignorant I was as a beast before thee. He says, Forgive me, God, because I was envy of the foolish, and by being envy of the foolish, I became a fool. Isn't that interesting? Let's if there's any more we want to get. There's a couple more fools. We won't, we won't get to them. Um, there's, the, um, there's the fool that's all about feeling. That's all he drives on. There's nothing wrong with feeling, but if you let it, let it run your life, you're going to be in trouble. Right? You know, somebody always says, Follow your heart. Don't follow your heart, kids. Don't do that. Your heart's going to get you in trouble. You, when, you, when you start following emotion, there's nothing wrong with emotion, it's got its place. We should be very emotional and passionate about our service to God. About, our, about husbands and wives it should be emotional and feeling between each other. But if you follow that emotion, there will be a lot of times that, well, there's a way that seemeth right. That has to do with emotion. You follow your heart, every single instance, and everything you do, you're going to get in trouble. We don't need to be that feeling fool that runs just on feeling. We need to use our logic and our intelligence because God gave that to us. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's made us a complete package, and we should use everything he gave us. And there's also the fool uh, in Ephesians 5 that is just simply the unwise fool. He's just uh, – this is interesting because the Greek word for wise is S-O-F-O-S, sophos, I guess. And the word for this fool is A-S-O-F-O-S. This is the opposite of wise. We don't need to be unwise in our decisions. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me leave you with a couple of verses. I'm running out of time here. Have you ever heard the, um, th- this is an old saying, and I'm not going to tell you why I've heard it. But have you ever heard the, um, have you ever heard the saying, um, I will beat the fool out of you? Have <laughs> you ever heard that before? That's Bible. <laughs> so if you ever hear mom or dad say that to you, oh, mom and dad's quoting the Bible again. In Proverbs 22, I just want to leave you to this because it's kind of funny. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. All children, at some point in time, are going to act like fools. I'm sorry. And see, now the older people are real comfortable because they passed it. Oh, well, he's talking about children now. We're okay. All children act like fools at some point in time. Some of us still have children in us, and we still act like fools. But what's the solution? Uh, This is uh, Proverbs 22, 15, if you want to look at it later. Foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. I think God just gave us authority to spank our children. Somebody say amen. (laughs) I heard only the parents say that. I didn't hear any kids. Okay, let me leave you with something else. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians. Because of all the foolish things... Again, I was telling you that um, when, when the world looks at us, they see us as being foolish. If you get there before me, just hang out. In uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 is where, where I'm headed. <clears throat> then about verse 18. I'm in 2 Corinthians. Uh, 1 Corinthians 18. When you think about foolish things, this again is the world looking at us. You know what they think is the most foolish thing they've ever heard of? Preaching. The preaching of the gospel. It's absolutely foolish to them. And you know what? It should be. It should be. I'm glad it is. God said it would be. Look at this. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. See, here's the, I love the difference here. To them it's foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. That word P, that word power there, comes from the Greek word for dynamite. You think about the, think about, think about the destructive force of dynamite. Light a stick of dynamite. Somebody might say it's foolish, but light it and throw it in the middle of the crowd, right? The gospel is dynamite to us. It's foolish to the world, and it should be. And every one of you in here, even though you'll be a little offended by being called one, every one of you in here should be considered a fool by the world. And I hope you are. And I hope if we ever resemble the fools of the Bible that we'll stop and realize what we've done and and start on a new path and focus ourselves on God and give him glory. Thank you for your attention.